morning. I'm reading from the, uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Good morning, church. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful day outside, eh? And uh, we are so grateful for the opportunity that we have to gather together and to hear God's word. So let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we gather in your presence today, prepare our hearts to receive your word with openness and eagerness. Grant us insight and understanding as we explore the truths you have laid out for us. May your presence be felt in every word spoken, bringing us closer to you and to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Epiphany, and I want to take you back to the year 1865, when telegrams were the fastest way to communicate important news. In those days, a telegram operator accidentally sent a message meant for Washington to a preacher in Albany, New York. The message contained one only word, epiphany. The preacher was confused but assumed it was, it was a divine message and spent the next month preaching about the epiphany. 
to his congregation who were left equally perplexed. I'm not going to preach the whole month about the epiphany, but this historical mixed-up can be amusing, but it also leads us to explore the, through the true meaning of the epiphany, which is the grand revelation of Christ. Epiphany is a celebration derived, derived from the Greek word meaning manifestation or appearance. Appearance. And it commemorates the revelation of Christ not only to Jews, but also to Gentiles and, by extension, to all people. And this passage from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, is, is beautiful and is very significant to help us to understand this grand revelation that we have in Christ. If we start in verses 1 to 3, Paul emphasizes how this mystery is revealed. Listen to what says the Word of God in verses 1 to 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. How the mystery was, was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. In these opening verses, we find the Apostle Paul in an unexpected place. He was in a prison cell. And can you imagine the amazement of the Roman soldiers as they listened to Paul dictating these words. I, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you, of you Gentiles. Can you imagine the faces of these Gentile Roman soldiers thinking what he's talking about? Prisoner of who? But Paul claims that he is not a prisoner of the Jews. He is not a prisoner of the Romans or even Nero, but rather a prisoner of Christ. Despite facing adversity, Paul refused to let his faith, his love, and his commitment diminished. He knew he was a prisoner of Christ, and even though he was in shackles, he remained faithful to his calling. Even though he was in prison, he refused to keep silent about how the mystery of the gospel was made known to him by revelation. But the question is, what was this mystery that had captured Paul's heart? What is this mystery? And the mystery is, it was the revelation, the revelation that God's plan includes all peoples in Christ. 
The mystery was that the message of the gospel was not confined to a select few people, but was to be proclaimed to every nation, to every tribe, and to every tongue. And so, my friends, the challenge that lies ahead of us is whether we are prepared to say, as Paul did, I am a prisoner of Christ. The question is, are we prepared to say, I am a prisoner of Christ and ready to spread the message of the gospel, to spread this revelation that Christ is for everyone? Think for a moment. Paul was in prison, but he was saying, I don't care. I will not keep silence. Are you ready? For that as well? Because if we move on, on, on to verses 4 and 6, Paul emphasizes that Christ is for all people. Notice what verses 4 and 6 says. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it, was ha as, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Notice what is verse 6 saying. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In these verses, Paul reveals God's eternal mystery. Imagine a mystery plot unfolding through the time, through ages, through generations. In the grand tapestry of God's design, we discover that in Christ, everyone is included. That is the mystery. The walls of division between Jews and Gentiles crumble as God's love binds them together in the body of Christ. That is the mystery. It is important to note here that the salvation of Gentiles was never a mystery. God had promised to bless all nations of the earth through Abraham. Do you remember that promise? So that was never a mystery. The salvation of Gentiles was never a mystery. So what was the mystery? The mystery was how God would accomplish this ancient plan of blessing all the families of the earth. That was the mystery. How God would save all the families of the earth. 
And Paul is answering that question. Paul tells us that in Christ, the mystery of God is revealed. Through the coming of God the Son, through his perfect life, through his sacrifice, and through his resurrection, God fulfilled his promise to bless all the families of the earth. In Christ, God united Jews and Gentiles so that there are no longer two groups. Can you imagine that? There are no longer two groups, but only one nation, one people, one body, and one family. That is the message of the gospel. But Paul's message took the Jewish people by surprise. Because up until that point, it was believed that Gentiles could become a part of the Jewish religion by following the law of Moses, which included circumcision and a strict adherence to their ritual and demands. That is how you could become Jewish. However, Paul's message was quite different. The gospel that he preached proclaimed that salvation could be obtained by believing in Jesus rather than through circumcision and strict adherence to Jewish law, rituals, and demands. Huge circumcision, imagine that. Paul proclaimed that the Jewish law was not meant to save people, but rather to expose their need for a Savior. That was the whole purpose of the law. So neither Jews nor Gentiles could ever fully keep the perfect law of God. And therefore, both groups needed Jesus in order to obtain salvation. That is the mystery. That is the message of the gospel. Gentiles do not have to become Jewish, but believers in Jesus to be part of God's people. And Jewish do not have to keep trying to fulfill the law of God to believe, but to believe in Jesus to be part of God's people. What a beautiful message of the gospel. We can receive all the blessings that God promised to Abraham through Jesus Christ. But now, what does this mean for us? It means that we have a shared inheritance and participation in God's promises. It means that we are indeed sons 
and daughters of Abraham. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we become one nation. There are no longer insiders and outsiders, but believers. Regardless of background, there are only partakers of God's gracious promises in Christ Jesus. But today, the barriers is not just between Jews and Gentiles, but also involves race, nationalities, language, economic position, and social status. Those are today's barriers that, we, that divide us. However, if we consider that God was able to create one nation from two seemingly impossible groups, then it is evident that the desire of God is to break all these other barriers as well. There's no color, there is no race, there is not nationality, there is not a social status. You and I, yes, different color, we're one family. And so, in Ephesians verses 7 to 10, Apostle Paul talks about his calling as a minister of this gospel. He acknowledges that his appointment is not because of his own merit, but a gift of God's grace. Paul, who sees himself as the least of all saints, explains that the grace given to him has a specific purpose. Notice what he says in verse 8. The purpose is, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Imagine Paul, a dispossessed man, scared by persecution, and nobody to this world passionately speaking of the unsearchable riches found in Christ. This poor, stingy man in this dark cell preaching about the unsearchable riches found in Christ. These riches are beyond human comprehension. These riches are uh, an unaccessible, uh, inexhaustible wealth of love, mercy, and redemption for all. Regardless of cultural or ethnic background, these unsearchable riches in Christ means that now we can call God the Father our Father. 
These unsearchable riches means that in Christ, you and I are forgiven. God is not remembering any of our sins because of Jesus. These unsearchable riches means that one day you are going to be transformed into a spiritual body. And these unsearchable riches means that one day we are going to be with God the Father, reigning with Jesus Christ and with a different from different nations, from different tongues, together in this new world that God is offering. These are the unsearchable riches of, found, of riches found in Christ. But he continues in verse 10 saying, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be known. What Paul is saying here is that the church is what helps us understand the manifold wisdom of God. This means that we are not just watching from the sidelines. We can participate in making God's mystery known to everyone. Imagine the church like a big flashing that shines into, into all the dark places in the world. By sharing the message of the unsearchable riches found in Christ, we can show everyone how incredible is the manifold wisdom of God. The manifold wisdom of God is like a brilliant strategy game where each one of us has a unique role to play. It's like a puzzle. You are in God's hands like a piece of a puzzle that displays the wisdom of God. And when we work together as the church, we showcase God's wisdom to the world. We showcase God's character to the world. And we showcase God's plan to the world. So when we love and support each other, even with our differences, it's like we are revealing different facets of this incredible plan God has for us. The challenge, the challenge for each one of us as vessels of this wisdom is to recognize our unique role in manifesting God's wisdom. That is the challenge. Just as Paul used his divine given gift to, to preach to, to the Gentiles, each believer is entrusted with talents, skills, and resources that can be used 
for the expansion of God's kingdom. Can you imagine Paul in that cell again? Having no idea that one Sunday of Epiphany, we were going to be talking about the riches of Christ in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So can you imagine your talent, your gift, your abilities, your resources being surrendered at the feet of Jesus? We have no idea how much that is going to impact the world in the years ahead of us. But the invitation is you can display the wisdom of God using that talent that you think that nobody wants. That talent that you are shy about. The manifold wisdom of God. Each of one of us in this local church possess unique skills, unique talents, and resources. A personal contribution to the manifold wisdom of God. A church as a collective body thrives when each member recognizes their role in manifesting God's wisdom. So my invitation is to embrace your uniqueness and let your life become a radiant display of God's manifold wisdom in a world that is hungry for this message of the gospel. Around you, look around you, how many divisions, how people is journeying to belong. And the message of the gospel brings the solution for humanity. And as we reach the last two verses, verse 10 to 12, We draw to the assurance that we have in Christ. Notice the verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Consider the weight of Paul's declaration here. It is not in our own achievements. It's not in our moral endeavors or religious rituals that we find confidence. No, our boldness and access to God are firmly anchored in the finished work of Christ. It's a finished work that declared victory over sin and death, tearing down the veil that separates 
separated humanity from God. That is the message of the gospel. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ alone, we are one. May our confidence not waver in life uncertainties, for it stand anchoring the unchanging reality of Christ's redemptive work. Let this assurance, my dear brothers and sisters, shape our daily walk, empowering us to live boldly and approach God with full confidence. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we conclude our time together, we thank you for revealing your unsearchable riches in Christ. Thank you for the challenge to actively participate in manifesting your manifold wisdom through the church. And Father, help us to use our skills and talents and resources to make Christ known in our own community, in our own neighborhood, in our workplace, and beyond. We give you thanks for the work and the life and the person of Jesus Christ that is the mystery revealed for all of us. It is through Christ that we are here today. It is because of him that we can display the grace and love to others around us. So we give you thanks, Jesus, for what, for what you did for all of us. And in your name, we pray. Amen. So let us stand up this. Uh